Grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to be able to worship with all of you this day. You will notice in your bulletin that Jack McCandless is listed as leading in worship this morning. But unfortunately, Jack had about a vertigo this weekend and will not be with us today. We pray for his health and his recovery. Friends, we gather on this Lenten Sunday to explore the ways God is in our midst. We hear God's word. We see God's creation. We feel the depth of God's love within us and around us. So let us accept the invitation to sense our God in this time of worship. Let us worship God together. Please join me in the responsive call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. In the darkness, we voice our hope. In the darkness, we give control to our dreaming. In the darkness, we share secrets, make memories, and explore the caverns of belonging. Let us worship God together. Beloved Church, remember that our Lord Jesus Christ can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Since in every respect he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Please join me in our corporate prayer of confession. God of wisdom, from the beginning you declared that it was not good for us to isolate ourselves, yet with brokenness, deceit, and hurt of the world, we confess to wall ourselves off from greater exploration. We make relationships difficult, cling to easy answers, and seek control of our surroundings. We ask you, O oh God, to fill us with your Holy Spirit that secures us and stretches us. Make us a people of openness and to grow with one another in love. Our God is merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, God hears our cries and graces us with God's mercy. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God for this good news. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven.
Hello there, young friends. It is great to be with you again. I'm wondering if you can remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this tree. It was right after Ash Wednesday. It was the first Sunday in Lent. And I asked you, what do you notice about this tree? And what I noticed was that it was, it had some like dark branches and that it was empty. Nothing was on it. And I asked you if you could send in a butterfly with your family after you wrote a word that you have been thinking about lately. And so today, I wanted to check in on the tree to see how it was doing. And I'm curious if you can see anything on it. Because I see some butterflies. I'm curious what colors you see, if you can see it from that far away on the camera. I can see some blues and some purples, some oranges, maybe some pinks and tans and yellows. A lot of folks have sent in their tree, and it's not all the way full, but it's getting there. It's a reminder that we're halfway through Lent, that we're that much closer to Easter, and that we're continuing to grow together. On this tree, all these colors represent that. And also, there's some words on each butterfly that represent that too, ways that we are growing together. Some of the words that I saw today are words like darkness, which is our theme for Lent, and also peace and hope, togetherness, serenity, these things that we like about God that we want really bad, the things that we want as we're growing together. So if you haven't sent yours in yet, it's still okay. You have some time. I hope you can get together with your family. Think about a word that you've been thinking about. Talk about it with your family. Then write it together on the butterfly and send it into the church. Because we really like seeing how much the church is growing together as we come closer to Easter. So do you think you can do that? I'm hoping that you can. All right, let's pray. Please repeat after me. God, we thank you for growth and colors and butterflies and for ways we can be the church together during Lent. Amen. Until next time, young friends. Friends, we turn now to a time for the hearing of Scripture. So let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. God, who is present in the tangible and the mystery, we long for your words this day. Touch the outer sphere of our soul, and guide us toward the depths of your revelation. Lead us towards your hope and your faith. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from Psalm 42, verses 1 to 6. Listen for the word of the Lord. 
As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throne and led them in the procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalmist knows God kind of like I know a bacon cheeseburger. When a bacon cheeseburger hits my plate, I can smell it. I can taste it. I can see just how great of an experience this will be once I start to eat it. Well, in our psalm for today, the psalmist can also smell and taste and see the presence of God at the temple. For the psalmist, the temple is the place where God's physical presence resides. They know the distinct smell of God as the waft of cooked meat and baked bread when the burnt offerings are being prepared. They know the touch of God as their footsteps patter on the pavement and their fingers graze over the cool stone walls. They know the sound of God as the sheer silence of the inner sanctum after the priests have bellowed their hymns and laments. And the psalmist knows the sight of God, the mysterious pillar of smoke behind a brilliantly white curtain separating the psalmist's eyes from God's. For the psalmist, knowing God is not based on some creed or belief or abstract idea. Instead, it is a bodily experience. It is a physical experience. It is an intimate experience at the temple, where God is known through all the senses. This is kind of like the sun setting in Pipestem, West Virginia your grandchild's baptism, and a full sanctuary of God-loving people singing at the top of their lungs, all put together times a thousand. For the psalmist at the temple, God is as physically real as me and as you and as everybody else. And then, just like that, it is gone. When the temple is destroyed and the psalmist is forced to leave Jerusalem, the physical, the bodily, the intimate knowledge of God is lost. The smell and the touch and the sound and the sight of God can no longer be accessed. The psalmist cannot experience the physical presence of the divine that they knew so well. And instead, the psalmist is left with their longing and their tears. 
My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me continually, Where is your God? The psalmist writes. In our text for today, the psalmist is left in the dark. Unsurprisingly, Barbara Brown Taylor writes a lot about darkness in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark. But surprisingly, though, Taylor also writes a lot about lightness and the sun. She mentions our relationship to God can be like our relationship to the sun. The sun is reliable, and it emanates light that makes us feel good. I was definitely singing the sun's praises this week when we finally had some 60 and 70 degree weather. Because of these positive associations with the sun, Taylor writes that there is a gravitational pull towards a sun-centered faith. We like thinking of God's presence as a sure thing, like the sun rising at the exact time our weather app tells us it will every morning. We like to count on our written-in-stone beliefs about God, like they are scientific law explaining solar revolutions. When we are at a crossroads, we like to believe that God has shown a light on the correct path with no wiggle room for doubt. But what happens when the darkness hits? We lose a job. A relationship is strained. We are given bad news. Or we approach a year anniversary of a pandemic, not sure what to make of it. In these moments, our sun-centered prayers don't seem to be answered in the same way anymore. So knowing these times of darkness, Taylor recommends that the moon can be a more helpful image here. Unlike the sun, our view of the moon looks different every night. We see it in various shapes. Its presence waxes and wanes. We always know it is there, even though the way we see it and feel it and experience it changes depending on our situation in life. In this way, the moon can be a helpful symbol of faith. Our God is always there, even though we don't always experience God in the same way. Sometimes we feel the brightness of God's fullness, and other times we witness a disconnect. But where faith comes in is not in the assertion that we will always feel connected to God all the time, but in the belief that God is there and if we don't feel that now, we will again someday. Psalm 42 is a moon-centered kind of psalm. The psalmist is lamenting. The psalmist is longing because they can no longer experience God at the temple. The sun begins to metaphorically set on our psalmist. The light of their certainty is fading into a growing shadow. Yet they do not run away. They do not try to soak up the sliver of the sun setting around them. 
They do not hide from this night approaching. Instead, they face their reality head on. They look dead into the darkness of the night sky, and they remember. Through their memories, the psalmist explores the highs of their previous experience and the lows of their current situation. They let the darkness hover over them as they recall the gathering of their friends and family at the temple gates. They stare out into the night sky and see the light glimmering off the stars like the brilliant white curtain and the mysterious smoke of God in the temple. The sound of animals in the night remind them of the singing priests and the silence of God that follows at the temple. And in the exploration of these memories, there is loss and there is grief, but there is also truth. There is also hope. By the end of Psalm 42, the psalmist finally sees the soft glow of the moon as they remember their God is the source of their life, the source of their love, the source of their hope, and the source of their help, even in this time of difficulty and trial. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? The psalmist writes, Hope in God, for I shall again praise God, my help and my God. The good news of this psalm is not that the psalmist knew God physically at the temple, but that the psalmist remembered what it was like to know God in times of loss and grief, in times when God's presence seemed absent. The willingness to explore those memories and believe in them served as a hope for things to come and the confidence that God is still our help even when we do not feel it. And that is the definition of faith. Faith in something so great that even when we do not feel it, we trust that it is still there and that we will be re reunited again in greater glory and greater strength. Like the waxing and waning of the moon, our eyes will witness God's soft, inviting glow once again. I was fortunate enough to visit the site of the Jewish temple two years ago. It is an intimidating experience, not necessarily because of the physical structure, but because of the religious importance and tension that surrounds it. All that is left of the Jewish temple is a portion of its western wall. After waiting my turn, I finally saw my opening to approach the wall, what was left of this holy temple. I, find, I found myself approaching this massive spiritual structure, realizing that I did not adequately prepare myself for what I was about to do. I did not know what I was going to say. 
This is the umbilical cord to God for Jewish believers. This is the remnant of the temple where Jesus visited. This is the holy site where all three Abrahamic religions come together. And I probably only got this one shot in my life to say something profound to God in this place. So what in the world was I going to say? So I tried to shake off the jitters and say to myself, I went to seminary. I took Hebrew. This is primarily a Jewish site. So I tried to seek some mystical religious experience by speaking the little Hebrew I knew. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. But the only thing I felt after saying that was the awkwardness of not being sure I said it correctly. So I thought to myself again, well, a Muslim site is on the other side of this wall. I took Arabic in college. I studied in a Muslim country. Maybe some Arabic will evoke the resounding religious experience from its slumber. Bismillah Rahman Rahim. In the name of God the most gracious, the most merciful. But again, nothing. Up to this point, I am just falling flat on my religious face. All I was asking for was to have the most divine religious experience of my life at the exact moment in the way that I had specifically devised. That was not too much to ask for, right? God can help me out a little here. So I finally settled down, tried as best as I could to not fight the experience, and in instead explored my thoughts, my feelings, the senses I had in the moment. And then it came to me, out of the blue, more accurately, from a place I knew well. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It was like my soul already knew what I wanted to say, I was just waiting for my brain to get out of the way. And when I mumbled these words, I felt a rush of the memory of my family who taught them to me. I remembered walking through the alleys of Bristol Borough to St. Anne's Church on a dark Christmas Eve night. I remembered the taste of bread and grape juice after a seminary worship service where my closest friends were gathered around a shared table. I remember sitting on the floor in my bedroom as a teenager, grieving the death of my best friend, while God was surrounding me in care. I remembered the goosebumps, goosebumps rising on my arm when I finally understood the feeling of grace. I remember my eyes welling up at the end of the youth Sunday services I helped lead as the congregation gathered to celebrate our young people. 
I remembered what it was like to experience the face of God. And then it was over. I walked away from that wall knowing that this experience and those memories throughout my life were a thing of the past. But what was present was the confidence that they were real, that they were true, that they were powerful, and that they and that God was the force of them all. Friends, there will be moments when we feel God's presence so intimately, it's like we could slap God on the back and shake God's hand. And then there will be moments and times when we feel lost and alone in the dark. Psalm 42 reminds us that we are people of faith, and that our experiences of God are true and real and powerful. And they are so powerful that their memory gets us through the night before the new day dawns. So let us be moon-centered people. Let us be okay with the waxing and waning of our relationship with God. Let us praise the moments that are full and trust in the moments that feel empty. Let us hope in our help and our God. Let it be so. Amen. Join me as we join our voices together and affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin of the Apostles' Creed. Together, let us state what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Beloved Church, having heard the word read and proclaimed this morning, let us notice the movement of the Spirit in our own lives and hearts. As our hymn is offered as a musical response, let us reflect on the gifts offered to us by God. In seasons of light, in seasons of darkness, in seasons that wax and wane. Let us reflect on God's gift. Let us wonder and let us be still in God's presence.
us come before our God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, to come into your presence is truly a great privilege. To be able to bring our burdens of our hearts, souls, and lives with us as we gather in your presence gives us an affirming touch of healing and confidence in our lives that are surrounded by conflict, disease, and disagreement. This day we come to worship just as we are, some with sorrow, others with doubt, others with guilt or with pain, others in loneliness, but all with needs that cannot be met in our own power and knowledge. Only you can take away the sins of our heart and grant forgiveness. Only you can bind up our deepest wounds and heal our land. This day, some of us come to worship in joy. Your abiding peace has cradled us when grieving the death of a loved one. Your healing spirit has brought restoration to the bodies and minds of members of our church family. You have answered prayers. And for all this, we are grateful. All of us come today, O God, with an awareness that a year has gone by. A year of living this isolated, socially distanced pandemic life. A year ago, we did not know all that we would know today. A year ago, we had no idea how long this wilderness road would last. A year ago, we had no idea how much we would miss, how much would feel lost, how much we would grieve together. But we also did not know how much you would sustain us throughout this difficult year. When it all felt overwhelming, you have offered provision for the journey. When it all felt impossible and unmanageable, you gave us creativity and imagination we could not have made on our own. When it all felt disappointing and heartbreaking, You have been a balm to our weary souls. For all this, we give you thanks, O God. We thank you that in this year gone by, you have sustained our family of faith and encouraged us to follow you more faithfully. As we begin to emerge from the haze of this year, give us grace with ourselves and with one another. Grant us patience and peace. Remind us that the exhaustion we know all too well, the anger that comes more easily than it used to, the tears that spring up when we least expect them, the fear that still binds us even as we imagine inching back into the world. Remind us, O God, that we are not alone. Remind us that this haze, this fog, this exhaustion, this fear, it is not unique to any one of us. 
but it is a shared road that you will lead us through. Remind us that we have learned much in this year. Remind us that you have taught us much in this year. Remind us that your work of transformation and healing within us and around us has been happening all year. And thanks be to God, it continues still. And so remind us in all that we do to look to you, to listen for you, to open our hearts more fully to you. Redeeming God, who in the cross has shown us the full face of grace and sacrifice, grant us wisdom and courage, vision and will for the right living of these days of Lent. Give us patience to learn and to be led by your Spirit on this journey of faith. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us be a moon-centered people. Let us remember that our God is there for us in times of absence and in times of fullness. Our help and our God. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forever. Amen. Amen.